This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Necessary Roughness. With 11-year NFL veteran, Big Ten Offensive Lineman of the Year, and captain of the national championship Michigan Wolverines, John Jansen. And 10-year NFL veteran, two-time Pro Bowl offensive tackle, and Super Bowl champion with the Green Bay Packers, T.J. Lang. Now, here's John Jansen and T.J. Lang. Well, T.J., we now have a 4-1 and one football team here in the city of Detroit. I know everybody's excited. I know the environment against Seattle, and every home game has been unique. It's been outstanding. What was it like yesterday uh, down at Fort Field? Uh, about the same, man. Um, kind of weird maybe to start the game. You know, I think everybody would kind of on the same page where, you know, it's a game we expect to win. I mean, you're 10-point favorites. Um, sometimes the crowd can kind of come in with less energy when when that's the case. But uh, you could tell start the game was, you know, a little bit kind of feeling it out. How's this game going to go? And then it uh, ended up being rowdy as usual. So Ford Field has been uh, incredible this year. These fans have obviously waited a long time to have a football team like this uh, to go be loud <laughs> for and go to and go to cheer for uh, and, and be that rowdy. Um, and it makes a difference. It does. I know the players love it. And, uh, you know, definitely gives you some uh, much needed adrenaline at times. Uh, but that place is uh, it's turning into not there yet, but it's turning into uh, one of the top uh, home field advantages in, in all of NFL. And that makes a difference. And um you know, they've, they've got uh, great reasons so far throughout five games to be loud and, and to bring that energy and, and to cheer. So it's been uh, it's been a fun place to watch games so far this year. Yeah, and we talked on Friday about wanting to start fast. And Carolina got the ball. They pick up a couple first downs, and they uh, obviously have to punt. And, the, and in three plays, the Lions go down and score. Um what did you see on those opening couple of drives? Because then there was, what is it, interception, and then a couple of plays later, again, Lions are back in the end zone. So what did you see from those first couple of possessions offensively that the Lions had? Yeah, uh, the first possession just kind of seemed like a tone setter. Uh, you come out first play and play action pass and hit, uh, I think it was Khalif Raymond over the middle for a nice chunk. Um, and then, you know, two plays later, you uh, – good to see Marvin Jones getting back involved a little bit had a nice catch there on the second down play and then Dave Montgomery uh, goes the distance for the touchdown just in my opinion was just a tone setter just okay up we're good this ain't gonna be a trap game right this ain't gonna be one that we're taking these guys lightly we're coming out here and setting the tone and and gonna let you know what kind of game it's gonna be and then uh, obviously defensively you get the interception uh, you come right back go up 14 nothing Um, that to me was uh, like I said, you're letting everybody know what kind of game uh, is going to be, you know, is in store, right? And um, the turnovers were a huge difference. Um, but look, turnovers don't matter if you can't take advantage of them. And to get 21 points off those turnovers and starting the, starting that early, uh, Carolina's second possession, they turn it over. You go back, bam, touchdown. 
Um, that was just a sign of a good team. I thought overall yesterday just kind of seemed like a kind of ho-hum, let's go out there, take care of business, and yeah. go home and have some supper type of game. It was a day of work. It was like, let's go punch in, let's get yeah. the job done, let's punch out, right? And that's what yesterday looked like. I didn't think there was really anything spectacular that happened um, on either sides of the ball. Uh, obviously, the biggest positive was uh, being plus three in the turnover differential and the offense not turning it over. Um, but it just looked like what good teams do. You you don't let bad teams hang around. You don't give them a sliver of hope. Uh, you make them pay when they make the mistakes because forever we've been the team on the other side of that where, oh, man, we're close, and if we could get this one play, and then it just starts to snowball into more bad things. Um, yesterday, good team, good teams, you snowball it the other way. You keep the good things going. Oh. <laughs> you keep stacking the good plays. You keep building off the positives. Uh, and that was something that that happened yesterday, and that was a that was a good football team that just went out there and took care of business. You mentioned you, know, you kind of referenced it, you know, punching the clock, right? When you have a team that goes into a game expecting to win, and I think this Lions team is now going to go into every single game because of some of the experiences they had. They went to Arrowhead, they went to Green Bay. They're they're four and one right now. They are ex- a team that expects to win, and that's different than. You know, any team that's that's taken the field for the Lions in the past, honestly, just about the past decade, where you go into every single game and you're expecting to win. And sometimes when you're going against a bad team, it, yeah, you want to get up, you want to get excited, you want to do all of these different things. But when you have that mindset that I don't I don't know how it's going to happen, but we're going to win today. It's a, it's a difference maker, and then you start to look at the rest of the schedule. Obviously, they got two games here coming up, and we'll talk about them more later in the week. But uh, you know, the trip to Tampa, the trip to Baltimore—they're tough places to go play, tough places to go win, but no tougher than they've already been. And they are a team that expects to go out there and win. Whether it's the leadership that you're getting from Jared Goff, the leadership on defense that you're getting from a number of different guys. This is a team now that believes they should win every game. They're just like programmed to not care who they play, yeah. right? Like they don't, they don't see a, a logo on a jersey. They just see another jersey, and yep, this is my job today. I got to go beat this guy, right? Like that's what they look like. They don't get um, confident or cocky when they're playing teams like yesterday, who the Panthers clearly were in a different class. Yeah, but they don't get, you know what I mean? They don't have that arrogant attitude. We're just going to show up and kick your ass. But on the flip side, they also don't get intimidated by anybody either. They don't look at some of the things that we talk about on the outside saying, oh, Kansas City, man, it's a good team. Like, they don't care, right? They just see a jersey. This is my job. Go beat that guy and, you know, let's get it done. Like, that's that's how that's kind of how they're wired right now. And you're right. I think you nailed it. Like, they expect when they play their style of football, um, when they can run the ball, when they can stop the run, when they can take care of the football, they expect to beat anybody. And that's just uh, – and that's genuine, genuine belief. I mean, that's not just, oh, you know, I think we're good. Uh, every player you show up to Sunday and you think you're going to win, you feel prepared, you think you're better than the other team. We know most teams, there's a lot of teams that aren't. Right. Um, yeah. And there's this, a lot of parity. Right, but this team is, though. I mean, this team really is, and they genuinely genuinely believe that. And um, that's just a testament to, like you said, the leaders, that's a testament to the coaching staff, just getting these guys ready and, not getting too full of yourself. Hey, it's we got a job to do. Let's go do the job. I mean, it's just uh, they have a different approach uh, to the games than we've seen uh, with a lot of teams in the past. And I think that's a reason why they're able to handle some of the moments where 
everything's not going great. We're turning the ball over. We're having a couple mistakes. They're able to handle those moments because they don't make it too big. It's just, all right, we got a job to do. Let's go keep out there. Let's keep fighting, right? And that's something that uh, has been very admirable uh, about this team so far. Well, you're a guy that's been to a Super Bowl. You've won a Super Bowl. You got that Super Bowl (laughs) ring. How close is this mindset that the players have right now compared to the way that you guys were in that Super Bowl season? Uh, I think, you know, with with the really good teams I was on, it was kind of centered around one guy, right? right. Aaron Rodgers. I mean, he was, uh, you know, won the MVP three or four times. Like, we knew anytime we have this guy playing quarterback, we're going to have a chance to win every game because he's special. Um, I don't think the Lions necessarily have that aspect of it, but they have the team aspect of it where it's, look at all these other guys that we have. Look at the supporting cast we have. Look at the depth that we have on this team. Uh, We've got the guys that can go out there and make a difference. Um, And you don't always necessarily have to have a stud quarterback to do that. I mean, look at, obviously, San Fran right now. Brock Purdy's playing good, but he's a second-year, seventh-round pick, right? He's not a guy that's in the caliber of of Aaron Rodgers' teams where, hey, as long as we got Brock Purdy, man, we can win any game. They don't have that. They have that attitude because the rest of the team is so built and so stacked uh, up in, in so many different pieces around uh, the team that that can play good football. And I think that's where the Lions are. I think they're starting to get to that point where um, you don't have to play perfect football to go out and win. You don't have a small uh, room for error like Coach always talked about last season, right? Yeah. If we have one mistake, we can't recover. You don't have that anymore you, because you got players that can go out there and be difference makers. And even yesterday, missing – that two of your probably biggest playmakers offensively and defensively in, in St. Brown and, and with Brian Branch. I mean, ho-hum, okay, no Branch, no St. Brown, no problem, right? Let's yeah. go out there and take care of business. And I don't think that's Friday, they were going to be without Gibbs. Yeah, and I don't think this is a team that necessarily could have sustained that in the past where you're missing, you're right, three guys technically with Gibbs in there. And uh, to go out there and say, oh, yep, no worries, we're going to go still win by three scores and take care of business. Um, it's because of the players they have on that team. So I think that, look, I mean, we're a long way, obviously, away from, um, you know, being able to talk about playoffs and all these type of matchups. But where they are right here, right now in the present, um, it's a damn good football team, and they're flying high, man. They're playing confident. They're playing a little bit cocky, a little bit arrogant. And that's something that I just love about that team because you can see it. You can almost feel it, uh, the confidence that they have. And um Obviously, that's shown up yeah. on the scoreboard. I mean, you're four and one after five games. You don't just roll out of bed and go win four games by luck. So, obviously, uh, continuing this uh, great start that they had, and yesterday was no different. So, yesterday, we also saw Sam LaForta with two touchdowns. He's got three on the year, 25 receptions, just shy of 300 yards. And you go back into, you know, NFL history, and everybody's talking about, you know, the five games. It, first, it was the first three games he's had you know, the, the most receiving yards, the most receptions, and it was only second to Aaron Hernandez at one point. Now, through five games, it's been the most uh, receiving yards by a tight end in their first five games since, like, 1970. How important has he been to this offense, and how good was he yesterday? He's a safety valve. You know, yeah. I think to have a rookie like that um, with a quarterback like Jared Goff, to be able to develop that chemistry so fast uh, is impressive. I mean, I can remember going back to some of our – 
offseason shows and what are the expectations for yeah. Sam Laporta? And it's like tight ends usually don't come in and take the NFL by storm. You know, it's usually year two, year three. Then you start to see these guys develop, uh, develop and produce those numbers. Uh, he's producing <laughs> every game so far, and it's been five games. And just to see the chemistry uh, that he has with the quarterback, to see his understanding of the offense, right, where to be, alignment, assignment, what's my job, uh, doing the dirty work. I mean, buying in as a run blocker, right? I mean, if you want to play, if you want to be a, an eligible guy on this offense, you're going to have to block, right? Um, and him buying into everything that, that that just Dan Campbell preaches and this team preaches has been incredible, man. And he's been a guy that I think that's probably a big reason why, hey, you know, we don't have Gibbs. Hey, we don't have uh, Amon Ross St. Brown. Uh, but we still got these guys, right? He's yeah. kind of the first name you list when you say, okay, yep, we should be good because this guy's a playmaker. It's been incredibly uh, impressive to see his start so far. Um, he's a big reason why, you know, they're they're scoring so many points and doing so many good things on offense. And you can tell he, get, he gets rewarded uh, because of plays like yesterday, the trick play, you get off an interception, quick change, sudden turnaround, bam, let's go for the knockout punch right now. Like you don't get that play called to you unless you're doing all the little things right, right? The coaches aren't going to reward you with what's pretty much a surefire blown touchdown. Like they're not going to hand it to you if you're not doing the right things and you're not doing the little things right. So I think that was a big sign that uh, the coaches trust him and they want to, you know, see him have success uh, because of the the dirty work that he does. And um, man, he's just uh, he's he's a lot more valuable piece to this offense than I think any of us thought he was going to be. Uh, five games through the this season. Yeah, and through five games right now, a number one in receiving yards for tight ends across the NFL. Um, and I don't think any of us expect him to stay number one in receiving yards through the end of the year. But he's uh, if he's on pace, he's right around a thousand yards on the season if he continues at this pace. Um, defensively, the interception by Aiden Hutchinson. I mean, you, you mentioned we talked about starting fast. There was a, it was you were up seven nothing, and he reads the screen turns around, there's the ball, reaches out one hand, grabs it. And it, it, it's it's the awareness, it's the ability to make that play, but it's also, I mean, he is becoming one of those guys when you look at edge defenders across the NFL that have to step up at times and just simply make a play. We've seen him, he's got four and a half sacks, but I thought, you know, through through 22 games of his NFL career, he's got four interceptions. Yeah. And that doesn't happen by accident. Like you said, that's right. awareness. That's attention to detail, right? That's what that is. That's not just being a meathead and just go, 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 right? Yeah. Like understand what the teams are trying to do to you. You're the number one defensive ru- pass rusher on this team. You're used to getting thumped by a tight end and then a guard coming and hitting you in the ribs and then a running back getting a piece on the way out. Hold on a minute. There's a tight end trying to block me one on one. Antenna goes up. Okay, something weird. Something something's off here. Let me throw on the brakes and see what's going on and make the play. Those are signs of uh, d- development with young players, right? Understanding what teams are trying to do, how they're trying to set you up, how they're trying to use your aggressiveness against you. And when the game starts slowing down, because he even said after the game, yeah, it was kind of weird. I knew the tight end was blocking me and. Teams don't really block me with tight ends anymore, yeah. you know, with, with the production that he has. So right away, uh, you know, he he sniffed it out. And to be able to make the play, uh, it was a heck of a grab, man, too. One-handed grab. Um, I bet his thighs hurting pretty bad this morning, John, because he took oh, a shot on that one, shot. too. Yes, he took he a shot right to the thigh board, that IT band area. And 
Uh, I know you've probably had them. I have too. A deep thigh bruise might be the oh. worst pain in the world. <laughs> it's just, it swells up, man. It hurts. Um, he obviously finished the game. You could tell he was limping around a little bit, but yeah, that was just, uh, you talk about young players and you talk about making plays and you talk about finding a way to uh, impact a game and be a difference maker. Aiden Hutchinson has certainly uh, been that guy throughout the five games so far. And I didn't think the pass rush was great yesterday. No. Kind of felt a little off. Uh, but there were times where you had to get after a pass or you had to get a third down stop, and they were able to do it. Certainly wasn't the uh, type of production we saw the the two previous games. But, look, I think a lot of that is, too, Bryce Young probably scrambled his way out of three or four of those sacks. He had another one intentional grounding, uh, had a couple more where, you know, he's just a small, slippery guy. So you can't completely blame the, the pass rush. But when it came to making uh, difference-making plays, um, that one by Aiden Hutchinson was obviously huge. So I, I want to ask you, how good is this defense? Because coming into the season, we were just simply saying, if this defense, it, we thought we were going to have a top five offense, and they're right top five, top ten. Yeah. But if this defense could simply be middle of the road, if they yeah. could be top 15 just instead the average. of being 30, <laughs> 31, 32, which they've been and which they were last year. But now, I mean, you're looking at a defense that is – at this point, elite in stopping the run. And, yeah, they didn't put as much pressure on, but is this is this a defense that you now believe can consistently be a top-10 defense? Because the argument is, all right, the Chiefs, yeah, they only allowed 20 points, and that's against Patrick Mahomes. And we know the whole thing about, you know, Kelsey not being there. Uh, the Seahawks, they allowed 37, which, you know, but those are two that most people would say, Patrick Mahomes, best quarterback in the NFL. Uh, Geno Smith, a, a good quarterback in the NFL. But then against Desmond Ritter, Jordan Love, and now Bryce Young, this defense has been really good, but it's been against either average or below average or at least young quarterbacks. Is this something that Lions fans can hang their hat on and say, this is a really good defense, and it's going to be a really good defense? Yeah, I think so because it's been consistent now. you know. And even yesterday you look and say, oh, well, Carolina still had – 99 yards rushing. I mean, 40 of those came when yeah. it was like a four-score game, and yeah. they're just trying to get out of there and, and, and stay healthy, right? I mean, there's a couple plays there in the fourth quarter. They're running for six, seven, eight yards, and it's like, who cares at this point, right? Let them run the time off. Uh, let's get some other guys some valuable time. You don't care about stats at that point. Uh, but, yes, I think – and even when everything wasn't going great yesterday, we saw – like I, I kind of mentioned, the pass rush it wasn't probably up to their standard. Um, the coverage, certainly there were times where um, guys were a little bit too open. You know, yeah. we certainly saw a couple breakdowns there. But how do you find other ways to impact the game? Well, you do it by taking the ball away three times, right? So that's a good sign. That's a sign for me that says this is a good defense because when things aren't going perfect, when they're not stopping the run, uh, you know, when they're not getting after the passer, they're still finding ways to get off the field. They're still finding ways to make game-changing plays. And that's something for me that – um, we haven't seen in the past, right? We, we've seen the kind of this game yesterday, and maybe it was Bryce Young's, you know, coming out party a couple years ago. You know, if he plays that team, right? Um, so I think I think it is a good defense because it's been consistent now, and it's been consistent really, you know, going back uh, to the second half of last year. I mean, they still found a way to 
to flip the script. And they ended up the season, you know, dead last only because they started the season so historically bad that they just didn't have enough time to kind of catch up and fix those stats. But I think they've got it figured out. I do. And I think it's just a testament to not only the leaders that they have, but Aaron Glenn seems like he's having fun, man. Like if you're, if anytime you're a play caller in this league and you're just out there smiling and you're having fun and you're just like, you know what? just run cover three, right? Because you guys are kicking their ass. I don't care if they know what we're doing. We're going to find a way to make plays anyways, just because you guys are better. Like that gives you so much confidence as a play caller. And that's what it looks like Aaron Glenn is doing to me. He's got those guys playing hungry. He's got those guys playing fast. He's got them playing physical and he's got them having fun out there. And I think that uh, defensively, man, like I don't think it's a mistake. You know what I mean? I think this is who they are. Um, Are they going to run into teams where, you're going to have a Seattle-like game and you might have to get into a shootout and everything's not going right. Yes, you are. You're not going to hold teams to under 20 points for the rest of the season. We know that's not attainable. Um, But can you win the majority of these because you're playing great defense? Yes, you can. And that's, you know, anytime you have, we obviously know what their offense can do, but when you have three phases, just continuing to, continuing continuing to compliment each other. (laughs) Those are big words. (laughs) That's a sign of good teams, man. Yeah. And like you watch other football too, John. And I know you probably watched the the San Fran game in, oh, yeah. in Dallas. I mean, you know, this time last week we we're kind of having that conversation of okay, where do the Lions rank in the NFC? I think every okay, San Fran looks like they're head and shoulders above everybody else in the league, not only yeah. Detroit, but all the other 31 teams. And then you got Philly, who I don't know. I mean, they're kind of scrapping their way through some wins right now. Um, and you kind of had Dallas. I think Dallas was the one team that are they better than Detroit? You know, well, if they played at Dallas, maybe they win. If we play here, maybe we, right? Kind of watched that game last night, and I'm like, I'm fully comfortable saying I think the Detroit yeah. Lions are better than the Dallas Cowboys. I think they're probably right here right now, pretty damn close to Philly, you know, battling for that number two spot here in the NFC. Now we got a lot of football season, and I already said we're not going to get into playoff talk yet, but um, the way this team is playing right now, I mean, I don't think there's one team in the league that, I would necessarily look at and say, oh, man, this is going to be a buzzsaw. Oh, man, I don't know. This is this one could get ugly, right? Uh, even if they played San Fran right now, I think they're playing scrappy enough and physical enough to, keep, Dallas did on Sunday night. to make it a game, right? I don't think that there's a team you're going to get blown out 42 to 10. Um, so, I, man, I just love the way they're playing. Now, and I love the, the message that Campbell gives them, too. And, John, you played 12 years in the NFL. I mean, all coaches are pretty much the same when it comes to handling success you got to just find a way to keep getting better, right? Yeah. You got to find a way to uh, forget about this game against the Panthers and and correct the mistakes and stay hungry and not read the press clippings and find a way to continue to stack the good performances and stack up the wins. That's what good teams do, and that's what they've done so far. And that, to me, is a, is a testament to Dan Campbell just constantly and just every single day making sure there's one focus there's one goal this is what we got to do let's go punch in let's put our hard hats on and go to work and that's uh like i said man that's that's been the funnest thing to watch so far this season for, uh, around this team well and, and i think it's uh, dan campbell all, all he has to do is look towards the past what this team has been through in the last couple of years they're not that far removed from a 313 in one season yeah they're not that far removed from a one and six start just remember how that felt. Remember all of the the questions that you had to answer. All of the things about, hey, is uh, jobs at stake? 
And, you know, that's that could be a great motivator. But it's also for guys that are competitors, nobody ever wants to go back to feeling, you know, that feeling of losing two in a row, three in a row, four yeah. in a row, five, six, ten in a row. They're not that far removed. So they still have that in their back pocket. And now you're looking at some guys that were here two years ago, other guys that were only here last year that have had those experiences. And the, the biggest change for me on defense, why they've been successful and why I think they're going to continue to have success is the development and acquisition of some unheralded players. Aleem McNeil, I think, is playing really good football right now. Benito Jones is playing really good football right now. Uh, even since he's been you know, reactivated, Bugs is playing really good football. And they're just not relying on Aiden Hutchinson to go out there and make plays. Charles Harris, now that he's healthy this year, has had impact. Derek Barnes has developed, you know, the same way that Aline McNeil has over these past couple of years, same draft. And now in year three, they're expecting a lot out of them and they're they're standing up and producing. And they've complemented that defense by going out in free agency. And a lot of the guys, you know, quite honestly, are out. CJ Gardner Johnson, they brought him in to be a, a huge factor. He's out. Uh, Mosley, we saw him back for a cup of coffee. We don't know as of the recording what the extent of his injury is. We're not going to speculate on that, but has not been a part, a huge part of this defense. Really, the only guy that they've brought in in free agency that's had a huge impact has been Cam Sutton. Yeah, no, and it's it's not so much the pieces, you know, the free agents they brought in as as it is like you mentioned, the guys, the homegrown guys, continuing to get better and. I think that happens when you bring in better competition, right? Yeah. It raises everybody else's level of, uh, of play too. I mean, you got a guy like Romeo Aquara, who a couple of years ago was kind of the highlight piece of this defense, right? And he was the big free agent guy, the guy we want to keep around. He was, you know, kind of our bell cow. And now you look at it and you say, you know, Hutchinson's playing pretty damn good, right? Charles Harris playing pretty damn good. What does that do to a guy like Romeo? If he's, you know, it, 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 in my opinion, it makes him better because of competition. You know, he's he's a proud guy. He's a guy that yeah. wants to go out there and still prove he can contribute. And he did. He played a lot yesterday, um, the most that I think we've seen him this season so far, and he made an impact. So it's about the guys that, like you said, were here two years ago, were here three years ago, that have been through the mud, that have been through – all the ups and a whole lot of downs that are finally starting to get a taste of, you know, being on a good football team. And I think one guy that, you know, obviously just have to mention too, uh, Taylor Decker. I mean, John, I know you reached that uh, milestone as well as I did. Uh, but anytime you get to a hundred starts in the NFL, that is an incredible accomplishment. That means you're somebody, right? That means you're you're a big you time player. That means you, yeah, in a in a in a league where the average career is probably right around three years, um, to not only stick around and have a career in the NFL, but to be able to call yourself a starter for a hundred games now, he's a guy I look at and say he deserves to be on a good team. Like he's been through. You know, the worst of the worst, man. He, I remember a couple of years ago, it was just after every game, just looking at his face and it was just defeat yeah. and it was just frustration. And when are we going to get it figured out? And you look at him now and it's just, man, he's having so much fun. And I think he's enjoying uh, playing with a lot of the young guys. He's enjoying having the success. Um, he's a guy that deserves it because he's, he, you know, he's, he's stuck around. Um, he does nothing but just work his ass off. He's probably pretty underappreciated. Uh, when you start talking about offensive linemen, not only in this team, but in, in the league. He's an yeah. underappreciated guy. 
Um, I, I just kept watching him yesterday on the sideline, man, and he seemed to be having so much fun. And you know as well as I do, you hit a certain point in your career where you don't care about you know money anymore. You don't care about uh, some of the personal accolades, right? The Pro Bowls, All Pros, all that. You care about winning. You care about trying. You care about your legacy. You care about you know trying to be a part of something special. And Taylor Decker finally has that chance. And, you know, you, you can't help but to feel happy for a guy like that. That's, like I mentioned, been through a lot so far uh, in this league and on this team. And now that they're having success, you know, he's he's a big reason because of him. And he's also a big reason just the, the um, you know, the presence that he has on that team. Guys feed off of him. Guys love him. Guys respect him. Um, he's kind of the poster boy, in my opinion, for battling through adversity. Yeah and good things are going to happen and it's been it's been fun to watch him play healthy and um obviously be a big part of the reason why they're having so much success and before we go um you know we're talking about a lot of positive things and we should four and one start you get a chance to talk about a lot of really good things happening for the detroit lions but on the flip side the the one negative i think there's there's probably other ones but the one that i think is most obvious i think dan campbell has played his hand that he's not bringing Riley Patterson in for anything over 50 yards unless it's a game-winning field goal and it's a last option. The third the third uh, drive uh, of the game last week or um, on Sunday, it, it 37-yard line is fourth and four, and they line up and go for it. And I know Dan loves to go for it. He's gone for it on fourth down more than anybody since he's been a head coach. But is there concern that there's a – Big time reluctance to go for it rather than take the points or send Riley Patterson out there just to see if he can kick a fifty-four yarder. It it's probably gonna bite you in the ass at some point this year. Um, and that's a good question because I don't know. I mean, even you know, I I try to talk to the specialist some point during the game to see, hey, what you know, what's your distance, what are you feeling good at, just yeah. so I can have something to talk about. Uh, you know, if we if it comes down to the broadcast side and. You know, even uh, this past game, he's like, yeah, was hitting from about 58 pregame, you know, and Green Bay was, yeah, I was hitting about 56, you know, might be the limit. Yeah. Um, so you start doing the math and seeing that. But I don't know if that's just more of Dan Campbell and who he is and who, you know, he just thinks, hey, if it's a fourth and three, uh, you know, third and three, we're running it because we got two downs to get it. Um, I would imagine if that game is a little different yesterday where maybe it's tight, maybe it's a – six to or seven to three game maybe you try to you know see what you got there yesterday probably would have been a good time to do it though now that you think about it because that's a game you pretty much had yeah under control right yeah not the end of the world right defense is playing good you're getting takeaways um slight concern though i would say john and i don't know if that's a trust issue uh or what um but there's probably going to be a game at some point this year where you might need to make a 55 yarder to win the game right um and we're gonna see what i mean we're gonna see what happens i don't it's not that i don't have faith in riley patterson i think yeah. he's a good kicker um uh, but like you said i mean maybe a slight concern because <laughs> that's the last thing you want right when you get out there grinding and you're gonna you're gonna have probably i mean you still got what 11 games left you're gonna have a yeah. couple buzzsaw games where it's not going your way and you got to find a way to you know spark manufacture points um is Riley Patterson the guy that can do it? I think he is. Um, 
I don't really want to wait to know what we have with them until one of those big moments. You'd rather got to know going in. Oh, man, haven't seen this yet this year. Right? I'd rather feel a little bit more comfortable like knowing suspense? he's done it before. Um, yeah, we'll see, though. I, I, I have faith in Riley Patterson. I think he's a solid, uh, solid kicker. But, yeah, you never want to you never want to lose a game um, because of kicker. Right, yeah, that's just—it's like the worst. You got one job. Same way I do. Yeah, Yeah, you got one job. You don't lose because of a kicker, but yeah, we'll see how the rest of the season plays Uh, out. Hey, oh, we appreciate everybody tuning in. Uh, Excited. The Lions are four and one right now, heading out of Tampa this weekend. TJ will be down there, but before we get there, at the end of the week, we are going to give you some of the keys to the game, an injury report for the information that we have at the time, Uh, and because we it either comes out Thursday or Friday, we know. We may miss one because Jameer Gibbs we didn't talk about last week. He didn't go down until Friday afternoon, and that that's going to happen. But we're also going to revisit the picks and find out uh, between the two of us who had a bad week, who had an okay week. But we'll talk about that uh, later in the week. Thanks for tuning in to Necessary Roughness.